It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is September 7th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Pete on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinoff. Here we guys are having a great day, a great beginning to fall. Uh, in this episode, Connor Ryan returned. His heroic return uh, was finished, and he did he did bring me a rock. He did bring me a rock, as people from last episode uh, remember. But in this episode, Connor and I going to miss some bounce back candidates. Obviously, there's not a ton to talk about. There's not a lot of new news. So why not go over some guys who we expect to have bounce back years? Um, and should have bounce back years. I kind of need bounce back years. Some of these guys that we mentioned, if they don't have bounce back years, it's safe to say they could be out of here um, if the Bruins can get rid of them. But uh, we expect these guys uh, to do well in 2021-22. Before we get into the episode, though, it's that time of year again. And all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, bet online, your number one spot for all the pro in college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive that 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo and make a bet. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using that promo code NFL100. So use the promo code NFL100. And if you, even if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks. So go to bet online today. Don't miss out on any of the actions. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, how are you? Welcome back. What is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You are finally home. I am finally home. I'm not in a hotel room. I am not collecting rocks out in the Rocky Mountains. I am back in beautiful Marlboro, Massachusetts. I have my Dunkin' Donuts that you can't see on the green screen, but it is here. (laughs) Life is slowly getting back to normal. It's, it's your new normal, so to speak, as, as we would say last year, new Topical. normal. By the way, hate that word. Yes. Hate that word. Anytime I see someone tweet 
new normal. I'm like, shut like, did you not just go through what we all just went? Why would you want to, what are you doing? What do you, why would you say that? Um, but yes, happy to have you back. And as people saw on Twitter, you did get me a rock at some point. Mm-hmm. I will get it. It will be a beautiful ceremony when it's given to me. It'll be yes. unbelievable. Um, but yes, so uh, you are back. You are back and I uh, can't say you missed much. Can't say you missed much. You did not miss a I lot around here. Yes. There's nothing really changed. There was a, there was a flood. Uh, well, actually, no, that was in New York where you actually ended up being after. Um, yes. Not fun. You missed nothing. You didn't miss a single thing. There's always, like, there's always no, that threat. Happened. There's always that threat when you like, you know, check your phone because when you're out in like a national park, you got no reception out there. So all of a sudden you come back and all of a sudden your phone started like, pinging like 10 things in a row it was usually just like adidas sending me a push notification or something like that there was no like uh, we got them for eight years like at charlie mcavoy science <laughs> that would be the worst case scenario none of that happened which is good for me but also i'm sure for bruins fans wanting to get through this final leg of the off season pretty tough drag we're in right now we've traded for jack eichel welcome yeah. home, jack yeah I, yes i did expect that to happen while you were out in the desert uh, it's funny though, you mentioned the having your phone just like overwhelmed with pings and things like that. When I was younger, uh, my dad had a very strict, uh, data policy on all of us. The data plan was very strict and we would always go over. So it was one, uh, one time he's like, you know what? We're just gonna, once you, once you go over, data's off. Can't use data. Can't use internet. Have fun like trying to text anybody. So we, you know, you'd, you'd go out and this is for like a year or two. You go out after the data's out and you'd just be like, just have a tele. It was literally just walking in the void. Yeah, you this, a, and brick, get, a brick in your pocket. You'd hit Wi-Fi and your phone would just be like, like it would just hit all this shit, and it would just be so overwhelming. Um, but yes, anyways, in the land of the Bruins, there's not a ton uh, that's going on. Spoiler alert. Uh, but we figured today would be a good time to talk about some guys who we expect to kind of, you know, will they bounce back after tough years last year? Because uh, as good as the Bruins were last year, there were some guys on the roster who. Definitely do not have career years. Uh, and we'll start with this one. Jake DeBrusque. Uh, Jake DeBrusque did not have a good year last year. I'd say, I mean, you could argue he was the most underperforming player on that roster by a long shot. Uh, was clear that he did not, uh, you know, you, I know Ty Anderson had said that maybe he was going through some stuff. Totally, absolutely could have been the case, but nonetheless was just not great last year. And obviously my prediction of him, Leading the Bruins in goals uh, was not exactly – did not come to fruition. But do you think this year – do you think that he's in a position this year to actually bounce back? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think it all depends on what you're constituting as a bounce-back year. Like, if you're going into it expecting him to be maybe what he was in that 2018-19 season where he almost had 30 goals, I think you're raising the expectations a little bit too high. And I think for the Bruins, I think all you're looking for – for him in this new role where he's most likely going to be the third line left winger. If he gives you, you know, 15, 20 goals and just plays consistently night in, night out, uh, meshes well with what will probably be two new line mates in, in Felino and Howla. That's all I think you're really looking for. And I think for, you know, you, uh, you hope that the stars kind of align in terms of just how a clean slate can kind of get set for him this year, because you hope that, you know, with, you know, Post pandemic, post, you know, uh, for him testing positive, post the isolation of last year, you know, hopefully if he's vaccinated, they're allowed a lot more freedom on the road of like not being stuck in a hotel room, all those things that as much as people just, you know, stare at straight line production for players and why they're underperforming, like 
all those little things weigh on players. And especially a guy who, you know, I think we all know DeBrusque is a definitely a guy who's at his best when he's out and about and, you know, being social, he's a gregarious guy. You know, it's, it's tough for guys like that who I think are kind of, you know, crammed in a hotel room all, all year long. And especially when you're struggling, you don't have the, you know, the outlet to, you know, go to dinner with your pals or just go out on the town for a day. Like that means a lot to players. It means a lot to not just athletes, anyone, if you're, if you're kind of pent up, (laughs) stuck on a thing like that. So uh, I think when you look at uh, the way it's mapped out for him, I think there's definitely an avenue for him to to break through. I don't think he's, I, I would be shocked if he's the same player he was last year, where it just seemed like he couldn't find his game and he was kind of in the doghouse as well. So, uh, and I think the Bruins are cognizant of the fact that they got to, you know, put the wheels in motion to kind of put him in the best position to succeed. So, you know, Cassie's mentioned multiple times that he's the third line left winger. I think you need to keep him in that spot. That's where he's most comfortable. That's where he's generated the most production. So even if it's not, you know, a top six role with Krejci now, if he's able to give you 15, 20 goals in that third line and add some much needed secondary scoring, it's, it's a good opportunity for him. And it, if he plays well, one raises his stock, um, if for, for a new contract next year. And, you know, you, you look at how important that role is. It's not a top six role like it was in years past, but he's still a very important piece of this team on that third line. Like you need as much as Felino and Howell are intriguing candidates. You also need a guy who that can bury the puck and add secondary scoring. And most likely it's going to fall into Brusk to kind of fill that role in that third line that, as intriguing as it is, we really don't know that much about right now how they're going to function. Yeah, see, what makes me a little apprehensive with the Brusque, because, you know, obviously you mentioned kind of setting the bar low for a good season from this year. It's tough after last year because I really thought in 1920 that was his quote-unquote down year. And I said, well, my God, you know, he's on a bridge deal. He's going to, you know, fight back so hard, uh, have a much better year in 20, uh, in, in 2021. And it, it didn't happen. And obviously the circumstances you mentioned with COVID and the you know, having to basically isolate yourself all the time don't exactly help and, and definitely will be something that will be lifted off him this year. But I just, I, I it's apprehensive, you know, I, I'm apprehensive about it in a sense. Like, can I really pencil him down for certainly a bounce back? I mean, again, you know, you look at just his page, five goals, 14 points, 41 games. I expect him to have, a you know, a lot more than that. Um, and again, a lot more, as you said, is 15 goals, 20 goals, and even just being noticeable. I mean, how many times last year did you, you know, finish covering a game and you think to yourself, Oh yeah, Jake DeBrusque, Jake DeBrusque played. Like you almost didn't notice him. He was invisible out there. Um, so I'm, it, he's one that I, I'm a little apprehensive about, you know, I, after my big prediction last year, I'm a little apprehensive about him this year. Um, another thing was Marissa and Jemmy, old friend of the show tweeted, uh, what would NHL on Nick look like? And I thought I had a pretty ac- accurate tweet about this. I said, Jake DeBrusque has NVP written all over him. Jake DeBrusque would be like the prototypical Nickelodeon most valuable player, whatever that yes. was. The game like Mitch Trubisky. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely could see Jake DeBrusque getting like slimed or like <laughs> loving it. You know, it would be like so up his alley. Yes. Um, so hopefully um, a better year uh, is in the cards for him this year. Charlie Coyle is another one. And that was one that obviously uh, most fans know. I know Dom Lecizan and the Athletic kind of had him as one of the worst contracts in the league or not one of the 10 worst, but one of like the, you know, could honorable, have made mentions, the yeah. honorable mention, a dishonorable mention. So to yes. Speak. Um, but I think it's way more realistic to expect a big bounce back out of him, given his new role and the line mates he's going to be playing with, because one of the big knocks on him or not knocks, one of the things going against him these past couple of years is he's always getting, you know, last year, you got all of David Krejci's guys. You couldn't work with 
So do you think a Charlie Coyle breakout or a, a bounce back is sort of in the cards? I definitely think a bounce back is more in line with him. And I think you just look at the multiple factors working in his favor and what, what constitutes a bounce back here, right? Like, I don't think Charlie Coyle is going to step into David Krejci's shoes and all of a sudden he's a 65, 70 point guy, right? Like this big revelation. But if he, one, you know, plays every game, plays his kind of trademark game that we saw that even though Charlie Coyle is not a guy that sometimes you can base the baseline production off of, right? Like maybe he's not, you know, se- you know, securing a, a nice assist every shift, but if he's controlling the puck, if he's holding on to it, if it's generating ozone looks and it's a productive shift, you, you know, those things matter and they, they mount up as the a game goes on. But you factor in, you know, hopefully a return to form for him individually where he's hopefully healthy. He's not, uh, you know, nursing that, that knee injury, which, you know, I, I imagine we're going to talk to him at some point, uh, once training camp opens and we'll kind of get more insight on, you know, when an injury was, how bad was it? Cause of course they're going to say, you know, during the end of the regular season, when we do our, our breakup zoom calls like that, it was something you just got to fight through, but it's always interesting to get the perspective, you know, a year removed from it to see like how bad it was because it's pretty noticeable. Like you didn't see those trademark, you know, coil shifts. I think we're all used to seeing. So you look at that, you look at his own individual health, plus the fact that he's got a lot more talent around him. You know, as much as you don't have a guy like Taylor, uh, like David Krejci there, Taylor Hall could very well be the new guy that's kind of the tasked with the job of driving playing that line. He may, he might be on the wing, but I mean, we saw it last year where even though he's, he's a winger, he's a guy that can make offense out of nothing, great in transition, you know, can get jump started on the play. So I think he'd be a good compliment for, for Charlie Coyle in that regard. Plus you have Craig Smith, who I think we agree is a, a very solid complimentary piece on, on a line like that where good two way player, shot first guy. So if he's waiting down low, if Taylor Hall is breaking into the, the offensive zone, Charlie Coyle's hold on to the puck, shielding the puck from, from other players and you got Craig Smith ready to, to rip a shot. Seems like a good like mix right now. Again, we'll see how it translates. We can look at all this stuff and we'll see how it translates. You know, it's same with DeBrusque, you know, maybe playing with Nick Felino and the way he kind of plays can rub off on DeBrusque and he gets back to kind of that, you know, heady forechecking style of game that we saw from DeBrusque early in his career. But frankly, we don't know until we see it in an actual game setting, right? Same with, same with Coyle. The, the pieces seem to work, seem to make sense, but until it, you know, develops out there, you know, we still don't know. It's same with, Krejci and Hall. That's when we're like, all right, well, David Krejci's a playmaker. Taylor Hall's a great, you know, individual player as well. Seems to work. And then it, it worked like that. Like it worked perfectly. So it, it all is going to depend on how they develop out on the ice. But if you look at the multiple factors working in Coyle's favor, you have to imagine that, you know, a bounce back year for him, which, you know, could it be 45, 50, 50 plus points? You know, I think the Bruins would certainly take that in that regard or if that's a line that's still driving play whenever that's on the ice. I'd take that in a heartbeat. I mean, the last time yeah. he put up over 40 points was 56 in 16, 17, and then 42 uh, mm-hmm. in 15, 16. So yeah, I mean, I, that, you know, if you can get, if you can get 45, 50 points out of coil this year, you take that and run. I mean, that would be very ideal. And I also think it is doable given his line mates, as you said, um, and also coming off of injury. He's one that like a guy like coil, you look at just, you know, physically, good size, good skater, good in his own zone, good at, you know, cycling the puck, good in the O zone as well. He's someone you expect to be a, to just be better. You expect more mm-hmm. uh, production out of him. Um, and it hasn't really come yet uh, in his career. That's always been the knock on him is he's inconsistent, but the rest of his game is good. 
that's the thing. I mean, as a second line center, he checks almost all the boxes. The yeah. only one he doesn't check is production. And that's obviously a pretty yeah. big <laughs> box to check. That box is pretty important. Uh, but he does check all the other boxes. Um, so I do expect Coyle to be much better this year, especially given um, that he's coming off that injury. Another guy I was, th- I was thinking about guys in the team that, you know, could require bounce backs. And I think DeBrusque and Coyle are the obvious ones. Another one could be a guy like Matt Grizzlick. Um, not to the extent that De- DeBrusque or-, or Coyle were last year. Uh, Grizzlick was obviously effective. He great numbers next to McAvoy. But I think with the power play, you expect a little bit more out of him. Um, I think there was also some unfair expectations with him with like being the next Tory Krug, you know, and like completely stepping in. Cause up until the Grizzly had been a third line, you know, left shot defenseman, you know, he's very shifty and he's, um, he, he's a good puck mover, but he's not someone who ever was putting up the points or scoring the goals. Um, you know, again, last year, 20 points in 37 games, which would be a career high. Um, yeah. but I still just felt that there were times that, you know, Maybe a little more offense out of him would be would be helpful. Do you think that's gonna that can be doable this year, given that he might not be next to McAvoy for a lot of the season? Yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting just to see how the Bruins, you know, carve out the plan usage wise for him, because I think we've already talked about Bruins seem to be focused on giving Derek Fulbert a try with um with Charlie McAvoy. And maybe that's some of, you know, giving that top pairing different look. But I think also Cassidy's mentioned before that it's about you know, protecting Grizzlick and not putting him in those top pairing minutes to take a beating over the course of a full season, which maybe that's the right move, not in terms of, you know, limiting the offensive production of that top pair, but maybe you're better served with McAvoy, with Grizzlick in a second pair or a third pairing role where he's able to drive that, that pairing more or less and be shielded from, you know, the top six matchups like a, a Tom Wilson or something like that, not from the, the challenge of, you know, stymieing these guys offensively, but from just taking the beating from some of these top players. And if maybe the Bruins view Mac uh, Grizzly as more of a guy that he's more effective because he's going to be playing 82 games as opposed to, you know, we'll keep him in the top pair and they're going to get a lot of points, but he's going to be limited to 60 games. You know, like I think Grizzly's very much like a guy like Riley, I think, where if you give him a full 82 game slate, he could probably give you 35, 40 points on the blue line. And maybe the Bruins view that as the ideal situation of just having him healthy and in there and generating offense. Because even if maybe Grizzly, you know, let's say he's bumped to the third pairing, right? It may not be the ideal spot for him, but if he's the go-to guy in your third pair and he's able to get you, you know, 30 plus points, kind of like Sergachev with uh, Tampa Bay, like, it's a good problem to have if you got a playmaker like that further down in the depth chart, able to, you know, get those favorable matchups. So uh I think definitely Grizzlick's due for, you know, another stronger year. I think you look at the baseline numbers of, you know, 20 points in 37 games, pretty good. But I think there's also room for improvement as well. I think he'd be the first uh, to say that as well. Um, interesting how he does, how they kind of divvy up the power play. I think with not only the fact that Grizzlick had some some issues on that, top power play unit, but also the fact you don't have Krejci, you could very well have a situation where that top power play unit's pretty drastically augmented. You know, we could have Taylor Hall on there. I think Nick Foligno said that they advertised him being a bit of a net front guy there. You know, could be McAvoy, could be Grizzlick. They give him another look. So a whole bunch of different ways you can look at it. But if you look at just how they use Grizzlick, I think that's going to be the biggest indicator of how they plan out for his season to go because even if he's a third pairing regular and he only sparingly sees time with McAvoy, I still think you've got a very good player that can get you 30 plus points from the blue line. 
you mentioned advertising Felino. I'm just imagining in my head, you know, them doing like a sales pitch to Nick Felino where they have you know, like, a PowerPoint. Yeah, they have a PowerPoint. And they're like, this could be you. Be you. Like, <laughs> they, they put like Nick Felino's face on like, you know, someone in a Bruin Nick, in Nick, front of Nick like Ritchie has a puck's flying off of him down low. Yes, like this, this, you, this could be you getting abused by uh, other teams' top defensemen in front of the opposing net. But it's funny, I just did the math actually. I pulled out some, um, what's the thing with fractions where you do like two fractions, you know, like for instance, like 20 points over 37 games equals N over 82. Was, well, I forget what that was called, but you just like you, dude, why do you think I joined journalism? Cause I can't do I don't even, well, no, I don't even I mean. know what you just said. I have no, I, I, I know what I did. I have no idea what I just said, but I did it. And it came out to 44 points over 82 games. So I actually did figure out the math there on that go. one. That's one of the things of math, like, I can do, the projections. Um, that's like when, when a guy – it's always my favorite when a guy will score, like, four goals in the first two games. And I, I love tweeting out, like, oh, over an 82 – you know, so-and-so is on pace for, like, you know, 172 goals or something. Love doing that. Um, you're right, though, on Grizzly. You're right. I mean, again, um, I, I do wonder – how much he'll add to the power play, uh, what he can bring, what more he can bring offensively. And I also think, you know, if he plays less tough minutes, you know, if he's not playing the other team's top uh, offensive guys, because again, Krug never really did either um, in his time here. That was Chara ate those minutes up. So I think it'll be good for a guy like Grozik in some capacity to not play against the other team's top, uh, top lines uh, at all times. You just wonder if down the lineup, if they're bigger, tougher lines, you know, dumping the puck in on Grizzly's side, maybe then that's not the best idea. That's kind of what the Blues did um, in 2019. Uh, sorry to bring that up. Anyways, another guy actually was was Pasternak. I feel like Pasternak at times uh, was not scoring as much as maybe he was used to. I think that's a pretty it's a pretty fair bet to assume he's going to be back at the top of the Bruins uh, leaderboard with scoring this year, just because he's not injured. He's fine now. Uh, posted a picture the other day playing street hockey. Uh, <laughs> like an absolute can. I think it was Spokes Z had the tweet. Like it was an absolute rocket of a shot too. Yes. Yeah. So he is back. I think Pasternak we can, we can chalk down um, for a bunch of goals this year. I don't think that's something that uh, will be out of reach, so to speak. So those are the bounce back guys. I don't think there's anybody we missed. Um, I would probably I just think... say a quick one, like Brandon Kyle, maybe that thing gets Ooh, more health. That's, a good that's one. more health that's a good than one. anything. And again, it's, I think, you know, Brandon Kahlo is what he is as a player, is a shutdown guy with probably a little bit of a limited offensive ceiling. But I think he stays healthy. He's very effective in what his role is, especially on this blue line that has quite a few smaller, more playmaking guys. But whether it be with Grizzlick or Mike Riley, I think the Bruins are very interested to see how that kind of mix works out because we've seen it in the past with him and Tory Krug. Kahlo has said it himself that he likes playing with a partner that's more of a, a puck-moving kind of offensively minded guy and playing off of that. So you hope that, you know, he gets through a, a full season with a clean bill of health, no concussion issues come up again um, and becomes that effective kind of PK ace on that team because they desperately need him the way this decor is kind of set up for this upcoming season. Agreed. Agreed. That's a good one. I didn't, I didn't think of him, uh, but you're right. Absolutely. Health wise. Hopefully he is uh fortunate for him, you know, back to full health and not, uh, dealing with the issues he had lingering around uh, last season. So you can expect these guys to have, you know, again, bounce back years. Anyways, that is today's episode of Brewers Beat. Connor, before you go, uh, what can the listeners look forward to over at BSJ? Yeah, we uh, just did a, a nice breakdown of Tomas Hurdle rumors uh, this past weekend on Boston Sports Journal. We'll be looking at more lineup questions, maybe look at Linus Olmark and what Bruins are expecting from him. Bruins also have their upcoming golf tournament this week, and we will be in person 
uh, doing interviews with players once again for the first time in since March 2020. So that would be good. Yes, yeah, sure they had we'll the get... tables. Remember they yes, had the tables have, separating yep. the media and the players? Exactly. So we will have, uh, we'll be on site there getting interviews with whoever's available to talk to us. So I'm sure we'll finally get some actual tangible news looking ahead to training camp. So we'll have all that stuff over at BSJ. So subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that for CLNS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Brewers Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. Thank you.